You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and making media the podcast professionals. These are the stories of Australia's men and women coaches, the people that we entrust to develop our players and our teams. In the main, these stories have been untold. So sit back, listen, and today we get to have the honour of uh, having a chat with Stevie Corica, the head coach, manager. What do we call you, Stevie? What's your? He's got head coach on the screen. Are you? Are you a manager? Coach, or you're a head coach. Fine, mate. Head coach is fine, guys. <laughs> That's it. Don't care what they call you. Keep paying the wages and bringing on those championships. Well, let's let's right. introduce let's introduce you properly, mate. Um, Stevie had a, a fantastic professional career. Started playing as a junior in Isvale United, up in uh, just south of Cairns, I believe. Um, and then um, went to the AIS in Canberra, worked with Ronnie Smith and uh, at the AIS. On to Marconi, where he won a championship in the NSL, then, then across to uh, Leicester, across to um, play to Leicester City, Wolves, in San Freche in Hiroshima, which I assume was with Eddie Thompson, and then back to the UK where Walsall before finishing his career with Sydney FC. Almost 500 professional games there, a remarkable career across 20 years, Steve, which is fantastic. Um, and then into coaching, which is, is all of that coaching, uh, as far as I can ascertain, has been at Sydney FC, initially with the youth team, uh, as an assistant with the youth team uh, to the first team, and uh, and now very, very successfully, of course, um, with the first team. So welcome, Steve Corica. Thank you very much, Gary. That was very nice of you. <laughs> the... the um, can I? Can I? Well, this is not about your playing career, but you can't help do this without a couple of questions. Um, you went to the AIS when you were seventeen. How did a, a young kid from a place like Innisfail get on the AIS radar, and, and how did that come about? Yeah, that was obviously crazy times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, playing for Queensland in the state titles, um, and I think Ronnie Smith was was watching it, and um, I. Obviously got a phone call then from Ron uh, to see whether I wanted to come down. Obviously a long way away from Innisfail, which is a very small place in, in North Queensland. So, and a big move at the age of 16 as well for my, for my obviously my mum and dad let me to go. Um, yeah. And yeah, I decided it was the best thing and they decided it was the best thing for me, which was, which it really was. It was uh, yeah. an eye opener, obviously going to Canberra. Going from the, the climate in, in North Queensland to winter <laughs> in Canberra is a big difference. Uh, but um, yeah, that was pretty much the start of my learning experience, I think, my football, yeah. football experience. Interesting in, in pondering some of your, your history in this that you would have bumped into um, Robbie Stanton, your current assistant right. at the AOS as well, yeah? We were there together, Robbie, yeah. I was yeah. with two different lots of, uh, sort of halfway in between the the older group and then the, the younger group came in after they left, obviously. So, um, yeah, Robbie was in the older group when, uh, when I first got there. So, yeah, we worked, obviously, we, we played together at AIS and uh, now obviously working again together, which is which has been great. Yeah, it's, it certainly has an, an incredible success, which, which we'll get to. One other thing that I don't think I've ever asked you, where does where did the nickname Bimby come from? Is that an AIS acquisition? It, it is actually from that long ago. Uh, I think George Cyrus was the one that gave it to me. He was there, <laughs> obviously at AIS. Um, at the time, I had quite goofy hair, and um, <laughs> they say I looked like the guy from um, La Bamba, Richie Valens. So from La Bamba, it got short to La Bimby, and then it just got cut short to Bimby. 
So he gave me that nickname uh, like when I was 16 years old. And to be honest, some of the boys still call me that now while I'm, I'm coaching. And it's a bit, you know, it's a bit embarrassing that they call me. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, that's, that's the way it's, it's stuck with me. And that's how nicknames get stuck, I suppose. So. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, Stevie, you, you had a, an incredible um, professional playing career over that went over 20 years. I also noticed on your journey that at Wolves you played with Muskie and Carl Robinson. Is that the Carl Robinson that's currently at West Sydney Wanderers? Correct, yeah. Um, yeah obviously, Muskie was – I was there. F- um, I think Carl was there actually when I got there. Muskie come after maybe one one or two years. Um, Robbie Keane was a young player at the time as well. He only just got there as well. He was a seventeen year old at the time, and you could see some, you know, obviously some special moments that he he had, and he went on to have a, a fantastic career. But yeah, they they were both there. Carl Robinson. We were we actually lived not far from each other. Me, Muskie, and him, and Robbie Keane all in the same area, which we, we spent a lot of time together, being you know around the same age, and it was it was a great time actually. That was. Yeah, I'm sure. Steve, would you, if you if you roll your mind back, you reckon you could have predicted at that time that the three of you might end up as uh, managers in professional football? Oh, it's it's tough to say about them when we're. I was, uh, I think I was 23 when I went to Wolves. So, you know, you, you don't really think about it at that time. And, you know, Carl and Robbie Keane were 17 at the time, I think, 17, 18. So, yeah. um, we, we probably didn't, I didn't think about it really. Muskie, you know, he's always been a great leader. So, yeah. maybe in the thought he, he would, um, he would have went into coaching. But, you know, at that back, back at that time, you weren't really thinking about it. You were just thinking about having a good time together and obviously trying to win games for Wolves. <laughs> Important thing pays the bills, yeah. Yes. So how did how did you get into coaching? I know you rolled from finishing playing at Sydney FC, but were you was was there a preparation to the beginning of your coaching career prior to your finishing playing? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I played till I was thirty seven, Gary. So um, leading up to that, I knew then you know I wanted to go into coaching, so I started to prepare myself. I did all my coaching badges um, and uh, just just try to prepare myself ready. So when obviously I retired, that you know I, I could step in. I, I obviously spoke to the club here, and um, I knew then I was going to uh, do the youth team the first year. Um, so yeah. basically, my role was youth team coach and maybe the second assistant back then. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I did the youth team coach for the for the one year, and then I become obviously the assistant after that. And then I did a, another, I think, in a, I think when Frank Farina took over as well, I sort of I took over the youth team that year. Um, but other than that, I've been obviously the assistant coach for, for a long time now and then, you know, head coach the last, this is, my, this is actually my fourth year now, I think, as head coach. So it's uh, yeah. gone pretty quick. <laughs> I'm sure it has. And, and I mean, if you, if you think about it, it's a, what, whatever that is, a six, seven-year apprenticeship. Um, learning the craft. Um, do, do you think that's been a, a, an absolute blessing, uh, particularly when you've done that at the club with, with, with Sydney FC, the one club? Yeah, I think I saw a, you know a few coaches uh, as an assistant coach. I think when you're when you're playing, you 
you know, you don't see what goes on in the background, what the coaches do and stuff like that, all the amount of preparing they do for training and, and for games. And, and I think especially now there's so much more analysis into the game, you know, stats, video analysis to be done. And we do a lot of that. So yeah. um, there's a lot of work to be done. So, but you know, as, as an assistant, I saw quite a few coaches uh, come and go and, you know, you, you learn from all of them and you mm. take little bits from each, each one. Uh, even when I was a player, I had Mark McGee as, a, as a, my first manager when I went to Leicester and Colin Lee, they were, they were a good combination together and I learned a lot yep. from them. You know, I played in the national team as well under Eddie Thompson, which then I went to Japan with him as well. So, you know, you learn a lot from different coaches. They all got different styles of coaching as well. Yeah. Um, and you just take a little bit from each, but also you have to be your own person and how you want to play the game. Um, and and I, I went from there, really. Yeah. I, I think on this podcast, what, what we've worked out is that um, when you take on that head coaching role, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, you, I think we all think we think we know what it is. Yeah, there's until, a lot of learning um... as, as, as you go as well, especially, you know, when you first get the job. Um, yeah, you think you're ready. And then, yeah, obviously, you know, you learn things along the way and how to, how to manage people as well. I think that's a, a really big factor in... Um, you know, doing well in football clubs is the way you Yeah, should. absolutely. What do you reckon you – obviously, the, we jump in um, from playing. I'm going to talk about myself here. I, I was a striker, so I wasn't lacking in self-confidence. I became a coach. I, I, you know, had the opportunity at the AIS with Smudger and went back and, you know, I'm arrived now. I know I know all there is to know, um, which is clearly not true. Yeah. Um and then we start to to make the mistakes we do. What, what do you reckon the, your biggest mistake was through that first seven years in 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 your role as a coach, and learning your craft? Um, I think as a youth team coach, it's a little bit different. You you you're coaching the younger boys. Um, you know, I think you treat them a little bit differently as well. And and obviously the learning experience. I think when I took over as head coach, you know, we obviously we had a very successful time under under Graham Arnold, and it was, there were big mm. shoes to, to come in and, and fill. Um, but I just think you, you learn along the way. Um, obviously, tactically, you know what you want, and, and but I think you have to... Uh, I think you have to change depending on, on the players that you have as well at, the, at clubs. You know, um, you, you might want to be a pressing kind of team, but if you don't have the right players to do that, well, you, you just can't do it and you have to adapt, I think. So I think just adapting to all situations, I think, is, is what I learned uh, throughout, you know, my time. Yeah. How important to you was that, was that first, that was that apprenticeship? Yeah, very important. Um, yeah, it's uh, I could Im I, I couldn't imagine now going straight from playing into into like a head coach's role. I think you know, for me as well, I, I like to slowly build into things. Um, you know, I learn a little bit differently, and you know, it would have been too much uh, for me to just to be thrown in from a from a player into a head coach's role. So I, you know, I took my time. Um, you know, I did the apprenticeship as an assistant coach, like I said, learned from all the head coaches. And when, you know, it, it was the right time for me when Graham left and yeah. the opportunity came up. Um, obviously, I've been at the club for, for a long period of time. 
um, and I thought that was the the right time. We I thought you know the players, even though in my first year I think we changed about seven players, but the you know there was a few players that had been there for for a while and experienced yeah. players. And I thought you know in that first year under Alex Bross as, as captain as well, which I played with Alex. Um, you know <laughs> he's a great leader and he he, yeah. he was great for me as well when I first took over. Yeah. No, I, I, I like is that the board and ownership um, had the had the wherewithal, the the knowledge, the wisdom, the power to actually uh, give you a shot because that you know our game's not necessarily blessed with that as a pathway that that someone comes up you know finishes playing, stays at a club, serves their apprenticeship, and then particularly a big club as well get gets the opportunity to step into the into yeah. the main role. So so that was, um, I'm sure they're looking on that as a, one of the best moves they've made so far. All power to you, mate. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so when you were playing um, on, on your career, who, who had the most influence on you as a coach, do you think, on your playing career? Um. Uh, there's, I think there's, there's obviously a few. My, uh, Eddie Thompson, I think, uh, you know, he brought me into the national team at a young age, uh, and then obviously Frank Freena took over from him. But overseas, I think Mark McGee and Colin Lee, that I spent a, a lot of time with them. Um, obviously, I went to Leicester with them, and then they brought me to Wolves after that. Um, yeah. So basically, I spent five years at between Leicester and Wolves together. And then I went to Japan and then I went back to England and Colin Lee was the head coach of Warsaw. So then I spent yeah. another three years with him. So so I had a, a long stint with them too, but uh, obviously back here in, in Australia as well, I think uh, Vitislav Levitschka was, was very good. I was under him as a player. Um, I was the captain for him uh, in, my, in my final year of, of playing. And then obviously then I saw the other side of him, which was his coaching style, because then I became his second assistant. So um, yeah. I think he he was a great uh, a great man and, you know, the boys wanted to play for him because he was such a nice guy. Um, yeah. He he really turned it all around for the club and then I think obviously Graham after that was, was a big influence as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Vitcher was just a, a, an absolutely true gentleman, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what then is coaching? What sorry, what is it? What what is coaching? Well, it's something I enjoy, I know that much. Obviously <laughs> I love the game. Um, you know, I I wanted to go into coaching after that. I I enjoy being on the on the training field with the players and I think that's a that's a big thing. But you know, the games are just you know, something you look forward to that that emotion that you have, uh, the pressure that you have as well. Every time you go into a game, is is always good. You get the get the highs, the lows. But um, this is all I've done for since I was sixteen, so uh, yeah. it's been a long time. And you know, I just enjoy every every aspect of it. Really, being on the pitch to doing video analysis with the players, and and obviously coaching um, the games. But obviously, winning games is for me the the most important thing, I just, I love it and I, I, I really hate losing, so I'm, I'm sure everyone's like that anyway, but yeah, uh, you've got to have that in you, I think, if you want to become, you know, uh, obviously a good coach or even a good player, I think you've got to have that bit of, um, 
mandrel, if you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The um, are you a teacher as well, Steve? Is that a natural part of who you are? Sorry, guys, I missed that. Sorry, cut out. Are there. you a, are you a teacher as well? Um, I think I've learnt to become a teacher. I think you know, as I was a player, you know, especially in my final years of playing, I think you know, you see the younger boys coming through, and and you try and do your best to help them uh, to be to become a good professional uh, and and learn the ropes as well. So I think you know, towards the end of my career, I think I was early in my career. I would say no because you know. Um, I was quite quiet and just wanted to do my job training and, and then go go home and just prepare myself yeah. for, for games. But I think the older I got, uh, the more I took that on board. And obviously then once I got into the coaching, well, then that's the, the natural thing to do. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you mentioned something before about, um, I think, talking about uh, the, the, the young players. I, I, on the, um, a business podcast I was listening to uh, a couple of months ago now, they were talking about the difference between aspiration and capability in terms of this, you know, in our head we've got this grandiose plan of how we want to do it, but the reality is this is how we've got, this is the team we've got, the, the, the group of players we've got right now at whatever level that is your coaching. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you have to make the most of, of what you got. Obviously, in my job, you can bring in players and, and get rid of players as well. But, um, you know, with with the salary cap, is is difficult as well. You know, it's, 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 yeah. you know, it's not a lot of money to, to get that amount of players that we need. Obviously, you get the marquees outside of that. Yeah. Um, but I think what we've obviously tried to do, and this year has been no different, we, we've kept the majority of the team together. Obviously, we replaced four or five players to bring in fresh players and to to bring that little bit of competition as well for places and, and fresh faces is always good each year. Yeah. Um, my first year, I brought in seven new players and, you know, we we sort of gone from there really. But I always like to keep, and especially when they're doing well, to, to reward them as well, to sign longer contracts. And, yeah. Um, and when... You know, we've won a couple of grand finals and, and a premiership and you reward them for, for doing that and you trust them as well. So, um, you know, last year we, we, we missed out. We, we were close, but we, we didn't get any trophies. So this yeah. year is going to be uh, an important year for all of us. Do you, do you think there's a, a belief that, that in football, or I think in sport in general, that when you're winning, you're not always learning because winning can sometimes, you know, paper over the cracks. Um, yeah. And and when you don't win, um, there's learning opportunities because you tend to be look back and review and a little bit more often. Do you, do you think that's was was last year a, a learning year, a better learning year? Was it more learning? Was it? Do you think that's? Um, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, obviously, I, I think you're right with that. Though, you know, when you're winning, obviously, it, it does. You know, things do creep creep through um you just get used to winning and you, you carry on in that uh in in that way but you, you know like i said if you're talking about video analysis and that you know we look at every game whether we win or, win yeah. or lose but i think you do learn more from from when you lose and obviously there's the motivation as well that um you know we've had players that have been here for a long time and you know i've been for, here for a long time and you've got to have the motivation to to be better each season and to work hard and 
And it doesn't matter whether you're 36, 37 or 19, you, you want to improve and you want to get better. So yeah, uh, that's the way we look at it here. But um, yeah, it's obviously um, without winning anything last year, it was, uh, we went very close, obviously grand final and, and finishing yeah. second game only two points behind Melbourne City who had a, uh, had a fantastic year. Um, but, you know, we obviously want to win trophies here and, you know, that will be the goal again this season once the FFA Cup starts again. Yeah. Uh, Steve, it, it, it's fair. I, we worked together for about 10 or 11 months, I think, um, and the, yeah. the club was going through a, a fairly significant period of change. Um, Arnie came in, um, a whole bunch of things changed. From the outside, I'm going to guess that a significant part of that was the culture that was set up and that people bought into then. Um, I heard you make a comment, um, I can't remember exactly where, that, but it, it went something like, experienced players drive the culture of the club. Um, it, how hard of, how hard, oh, sorry, how important is setting up the right culture and how important is it to have the players driving it as apart from having Stevie Corica drive it? Well, I think I, I drive it first and foremost, but you've got to have the right players and the right experienced players as well to drive that culture with the obviously the younger boys or new boys coming in. That it's not just myself always saying the same thing. They actually drive the culture and the standard of training and what happens outside of, of the game as well. Um, but also that takes the right people as well to do that. So we make sure we, well, I think definitely we, we try and bring in the right people the, that fit obviously into the culture. We do background checks on them to make sure they're the right players that we want to bring in as well. Um, and, you know, make sure that they do fit in. If, they, if we think they're trouble and, you know, we won't bring them into the club. And I think... I think we've got that right over the last, you know, I think maybe six, seven years now. So, um, and I think that that helps obviously with that culture that we've, I think we've done really well with. Yeah. It, it, is that culture at Sydney FC, is that about people's behaviours and the expectation of the behaviours of one another? Yeah, definitely that. I think they know when they come to the club what we what we want. We we want to win trophies. We we want to, you know, compete in every competition and, and try and win a trophy. And I think players know that when they come here that um, that's the standard that we set from from the moment they come in. Um, and also, you know, that it's just about being a good professional and trying to improve on what they've done in the past. We try and make them a better player. And if we can do that, we get more out of them than what their last club did, I think, you know, that's a win. Yeah. Do, do, do you think Sydney FC players hold one another accountable? Do you think that's a, a part of a great culture as well? Yeah, definitely. I think I think so. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. Like I said, they, they drive it as well. And, you know, the you know the senior boys won't, won't let anyone get away with anything if they think it's not <laughs> right. So and, yeah. you know, that's... And that's fantastic to have if you, you know, Alex Wilkinson with the captaincy, you know, he's leading by example. But it's not just the captain. There's a lot of senior players that um, drive that culture and and want to obviously be better themselves, but also make sure that, you know, the, the younger boys are, are towing the line and know exactly what is expected from them from, from the training point of view and, and being outside, even looking after their body 
obviously food and nutrition and rest and all that kind of stuff is is important as well yeah no i, I like that a lot as your coaching changed over the over your journey, seven years apprenticeship and four years now as a as the head coach, you think your coaching's changed and or evolved? Um, yeah, like I said, I think you learn every year. Everything's a little bit little bit different. The players that you bring in, are obviously, a little bit different as well. Um, yeah, I think yes, yeah, it's, it's changed. Uh, you know, uh, quite a bit the way I've obviously. You know, I think when you first come in as head coach, you're not quite sure what how, how to do it and then you sort of make yeah you, you i think you probably make it up as, as you go but then you you get into a bit of a rhythm you know i've been doing it uh you know like this is my fourth season now so mm. i feel really comfortable now with with what i'm doing and and the way we want to play uh, the way you know my team's set up and and um you know we want to we want to play exciting football we want to win football games you know but also i think in doing that, we want to score a lot of goals, but I think, you know, you can't take away the fact that, you know, football's about defending as well. And, mm. and you know, I think, you know, last year we had the best defence in the in the, in the league, which, you know, we, we were proud of that, obviously. I, yeah. I think we didn't score enough goals last year. And that's probably the area that we need to improve this year. Um, yeah. Defensively, obviously, we still want to be strong, but if we can score more goals, well, then... The eight draws that we had last year turned into wins, and um, yeah. that's the aim this season. Yeah, Sig significant difference, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, we mentioned before, um, obviously, um, Eddie Thompson, um, Ronnie Smith, I think, at the AAS had a great deal of influence. Um, you've yes. been around Arnie for a, for a couple of seasons. You mentioned some of the coaches in the UK. Have you had a coaching mentor? Have you had someone that's at the end of the phone that you can – bounce ideas off and, and chat about things on your journey? Um, I, I have a, a friend that I speak to as well. He's uh, Jim Foley. I don't know whether you know him. I, he, he'd come up to North Queensland when I was still up there. He was technical director up there. And, and we've spent, you know, I, we, you know, I still stay in contact with him now. And we talk about football. We don't talk, you know, we talk about Sydney and stuff like that. And, and He's an experienced coach as well, so I, I speak to him about it a little bit, but um, not really. I, you know, I also chat with Arnie, but I don't really like to. You know, he's been here before, so yeah. you know, I want to do it my own way. So I don't really ask him too much about what's happening now. It's just normal, general chit chat and, and a catch up when we, when we can. So yeah. Uh, you know, as well, I speak to Vitislav as well every now and then by text, but not so much about about football. But yeah, but he's a nice man, and he's always texting when when we won trophies and we're doing well. So he keeps an eye on that since he's been here. So he's a, he's a great man as well. So, but I yeah, I just like to think about things my own way, and you know, you know, you have to make a decision how you want to do things. Um, it's good to chat with people to get a different idea. I think Robbie, you know, Robbie Stanton as well, the assistant coaches, Paul Reed as well. We, we obviously yeah. chat a lot about it ourselves. So I think uh, we keep it a little bit in-house at the moment. Yeah. And, and Steve, how about other sports? Have you, do you, uh, you ever looked outside of football to see what coaches and other sports are doing to see whether there's little pearls of wisdom that, that, that might be applicable? Uh, not not yet, no. I think obviously it's it's tough times, mate, at the moment. I, I, I went to, when I first was, uh, I think I was assistant coach, I think I went to obviously Barcelona and I went to Ajax um, to learn from, from them. So yeah. 
which was fantastic. Um, you know, I spent, I think, a, a week and a week at each club there, which was good. Hanberger helped me out there. So um, so that was a, a good learning experience as well. You know, I love the way Oli Guardiola coaches as well, their, the style of football they play. So yeah. he was something I looked up to when I was obviously going into coaching. You know, he was similar. He was a player and then obviously coached at Barcelona. So... I actually played against him in a in a friendly uh, when I was at Wolves, uh, Guardiola. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. someone I I look to. You know, even Ange, for instance. You know, I, I've chatted with Ange a couple of times, and not not a lot, but you know, I like the way he plays and the style of football yeah. that he plays as well. So, and he's doing a great job overseas, which is always good for for Australian coaches as well. Absolutely, just won five in a row. Not 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 a bad start, he said. Yeah, it's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing okay. It, it, it's interesting, Stevie. I, I think back to my time at, at, at Sydney, and uh, you know, after training in the office, you've got uh, yourself, Vidislav's in there, Big Spider was in there, uh, Crookie was in there, and you're sitting around talking about talking about football. Um, and I, on on the podcast, we spoke to Kath Canuli, who's just been appointed as head coach at um, West Sydney Warriors with yeah. their W League team, and she said exactly the same thing about you know how for her that that there's a learning environment there. Just the fact that she can sit down, there's Carl Robinson, there's Crookie in the room herself, and and obviously a few other people, and they get to talk about football. They get to talk about what's going on and this, that, and the other. It's that that's not. That's not the case for so many young coaches. You know, they've got a badge. They go out into the world. They get a head coaching job somewhere. If they're lucky, they might have an assistant. But there's, they don't have that capability to sit and talk and learn from one another. Do you think that's a fair observation? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, obviously, maybe in the lower lower leagues as well. I think that's you know it's always tough for for, for them as well. You know, because they are learning and and who do they learn off? So you know, we the moment we get here in the morning, we're basically talking <laughs> football nonstop. So um, it's pretty full on, uh, and sometimes you, you just want to go home and just you know switch off a little bit and spend a bit of time with the family. But you know, uh, we. We, like I said, we we love the game, and I love the the game. I'm very passionate about it, and you know that's that's what you do. It's my job, and you you, yeah. you know you go home, and when the A League's on, or you know you watch European football, that's you know you go home and watch that. It's it's not you're not switching off, so you know. But that happens uh, quite a bit. So the family, obviously, families of head coaches, um, you know they, I think they just get used to it. So. <laughs> I think your family just take you out for another haircut, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, in these times, I can't go anywhere, so I'm tripping up myself, mate. <laughs> uh, dearie me. Why do you do it, Steve? Why do you coach? I just love the game. It's, it's pretty simple. I love, like I said, I'd, I'd still be playing now if I could, but, um, you know, I think playing is um, the, the best thing. Uh, and then obviously coaching is is pretty close to that. I think when you know when you, especially when things are going well, it's it's obviously nice when winning trophies and and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot of work that goes into it as well behind the scenes that people don't see. But um, I, yeah. I think it's just the the love of the game. Yeah, no, I love it. Love it first. I think that's just so important. Yeah. Um, I think over the journey we've we've all seen coaches come and go. You know, they get appointed 
um, coaches get sacked. It, it's it's just there's ups and downs in the job. You know, things not going well. It's it seems that it's simple for for that to be. You went through as a player. I know you had your ups and downs. You had a couple of knee recos and and, and those sorts of things going on. Resilience is obviously very important for players. Important skill for for coaches to get that resilience muscle as strong as they can. Definitely, <laughs> probably more so as as a coach. Obviously, I think uh, everyone has their say and what they want. Obviously, for the club to play and what you know, everyone's a coach, mate. They you know they they all have their say. And I think with with social media these days, it's even it's even worse. So I think uh, you have to be resilient uh, in anything you do, but you also got to believe in what you what you're doing. And you know. Um, is obviously as a player, it's it's tough when you get injuries, but you also got to be motivated to come out of that and to be better when you when you do get out of that. You know, I've had my fair share of injuries, like you said, and in each time it's hard and it's very hard, and uh, you just have to stay positive, really, and, and just think about what you want to do when you get back and and to improve and to get better and to to achieve things that that uh, you want to do. And I think as a coach, it's, it's the same thing. You've got to be obviously know where you want to go, uh, work hard to try and get there. And, and obviously it's difficult uh, at times. It's tough when, you, when you're losing and, and everyone's on your back. But, you know, you, you just you need to be strong and, and to stay true to, to the way you want to play and, and believe in the players that, that you have and that you bring in to, to do a job for you. Yeah. No, I like that. That's great. Stevie, you've had incredible success. Um, you obviously won a championship, I think, working with the U team was your first one, and now two championships with Sydney FC and a premiership um, and and three grand finals in a row. Unfortunately, you didn't win the third one. It's been um, quite a remarkable start in terms of success. Um, and I'm going to have to assume you enjoy all of that. But what outside of winning the grand finals, what have been some of your most enjoyable moments as a coach? Um, I think uh, just a, a lot of things. Obviously, I think I, I really enjoy on the on the training pitch. Obviously, to, trying to to make the players better. Like I said, doesn't matter whether they're old or, or young players. But you you do get a good feeling when you bring a young through uh, through a young player. I think Joel King's probably a good, good uh, case there. He's you know the last two three years he's obviously taken over from Michael Zulo, whether he's obviously had injuries, but you know you've just seen him grow from you know strength to strength, and you know to see him play you know in the Olympics now, which is you know it's it's obviously nice to to have that feeling that you've been part of you know his yeah. uh, his journey along the way. Um, so stuff like that is is great as well, and you know. I just, yeah, stuff like that, I think I would say. Yeah. How about some of the valuable lessons you've learned already on your journey? Yeah, you, you definitely learn them along the way. <laughs> um, and you just try, once you learn, you know, you want to just keep moving forward, of course. But, um, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of things you learn. I think you just... You just keep trying to trying to improve. Um, you know, we we try to improve the players, but even staff, and you know, we, we all think we can improve um, as well and, and try and get better. We we try and change things up a little bit uh, to make sure the players, you know, keep 
keep that motivation as well because a lot of players have been here for for quite a while now as well and yeah you know it's that's a, a tricky thing as well when they've been here for so long to try and keep them motivated into to winning winning trophies as well so um i think you know i'm, I'm hoping this year is last year was maybe a wake-up call for us that we obviously didn't win anything but you know yeah. it's, it's hard to keep winning every every year um I wouldn't say it was a bad year. We finished second and obviously we made another grand final, three in a row. Yeah. So, so these players have been doing a, a fantastic job. Um, and like I said before, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for the players and, you know, um, for what they do. I've been there, done that, and, it, and it's difficult, you know, to, to done what they've done, in, obviously, since I've been here anyway. It's been a real achievement on, on the players that have been here. So, but, you know, we want to we wanna keep improving and, and getting better and, and keep winning. Yeah. No, I, I understand that wholeheartedly. And and how's that gone? You you just a, probably a couple of weeks back into pre-season training, albeit that's in the depths of COVID that's uh, knocking yeah. Sydney around something terrible right now. Yeah, obviously we're, we're quite lucky that we, we actually can train. We're, we're three weeks in now. So obviously uh, just preparing the boys, getting them fit again and starting to prepare for games. Um, you know, there's a lot of hurdles at the moment. Um, you know, we've got Lafondra still stuck in England. We, we're having a little bit of trouble getting him back into the country. So uh, Joel King's probably the only other one. Obviously, come back, he's had his quarantine time and now he's ready to start this Monday. I gave, I gave him an extra week off, so he should be fresh yeah. coming back in. Other than that, everyone's here. New boys have, have settled in really well and, um, you know, I think will give us something a little bit different as well. The, the players that have come in, competition of places is is looking really good at the moment. Obviously, we haven't started playing any games yet. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, I suppose the difficult part for these, for us, everyone really at the club is just knowing when the, when the next game is. So we're training really at the moment for no real... Uh, side of when we're going to be playing next. So um, obviously the pre-season is to get the boys fit and stuff like that. But normally by now we would start, you know, looking at playing games, and, and it's difficult at the moment with the obviously the COVID situation. The the numbers have increased. Everyone's in lockdown. I suppose the good thing about it is that we're we're still allowed to train at the moment. So which is which yeah. is really good, obviously for the for us, the staff, and and players as well. No, absolutely. We've got a few Steve, boys Steve. as well that are obviously can't come to training because they're in the LGA areas, which are affected. You know, we've got one player and uh, two coaches actually. Robbie Stan is one of them, so he right. we haven't seen him for for three weeks, and and that's hard for them as well. Obviously, knowing mm. that we're at training and and they can't come in because they're in the affected LGAs, which is which is tough. Yeah. So Zoom's getting a good workout, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> Try and keep him informed as we go along. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Stevie, you you obviously know Muskie well. You played with him. Um, he's had a tough time um, initially at Belgium and now has bounced back in Japan and, and started off like a house on fire. And has gone to Celtic, um, one of the biggest football brands in the world. And again, after a, a couple of slow starts, has, has had five wins in a row. They're, they're Aussie coaches that are doing well overseas. Is is that something that uh, one makes you proud, and two makes you start to think about possible opportunities? And I, and I know that you're focused with Sydney FC right now, but the, that down the track, as it go, yeah, well, well, why can't I coach in the the Premier League or the J yeah. League or the League One or whatever? 
I get asked that a lot, Gary. Actually, I'm, uh, obviously coaching. So you know, like I said, you know, I have one one year left here at the moment at, at Sydney FC. Yeah. And, you know, I do really love coaching here, and yeah. you know, I'd like to stay longer. But you know, you do think about obviously, you know, coaches like that, Ange and Muskie. You know, Muskie really well. Yeah. Um, and and to see them doing well overseas, it, it's it's only good for Australian coaches. Um, it, we're you know, I am proud of you know both of them really. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and it's and it's good to see. Uh, and Muskie, like you said, he he didn't last too long in Belgium, but he's come back uh, strong in in Japan now and started really well there. I think he's had three wins at uh, Yokohama there. So that that's great. Yeah. And there's a different culture for him there too in Japan. So, you know, I played in Japan. I, I really like the Japan, the two years I spent mm. there as a player. I like the culture. I like the football that they play there. Um, and you never know down the track uh, what yeah. happens. Um, but I do have aspirations to, to go and coach overseas. I don't know exactly when uh, that's going to happen. But uh, I really, obviously... Appreciate the time that I've spent at Sydney FC, and uh, like I said, I've got another year to try and do my best and, and try to win more trophies, and then we'll yeah. we'll see after that when when I speak to the club what what they want to do, and um, obviously what I want to do as well. Good on you. Um, on the downhill run here, final question for you: If you had one piece of wisdom you could give to Coaches in general, young coaches, old coaches, coaches in the middle, one piece, one piece of wisdom that you could offer up, what would that be? Uh, I would say just to, just to be yourself. You know exactly the way, way you want to play and uh, the style of football. You have to be strong, obviously, uh, when, when you do get setbacks, but just to, to believe in, in what you're doing and, and to stay strong and um and to and to continue on your path and and keep believing in what you're doing and the style of football that you want to play and i think angels is probably a great believer in that i think you know he's got a style of football that he wants to play and um you know it takes time for some teams to get used to it and when he when they do get used to it and you start doing really well you know people start to appreciate it i think i think that's something you know i've, I've pretty much taken as well for, in my career Good on you, Stevie. That's a fantastic place for us to finish today. So thanks very much, Steve Corica. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. If you've enjoyed today's chat with Steve, if you'd like to find out more about Football Coaches Australia, buy a membership, um, renew a membership, just to get a bit more information about coaching, go to footballcoachesoz.org.au. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.